Welcome everyone to Chance by Chance, a resource for young creators learning to navigate the professional field. This is your host, Chance Gilliam speaking, and today's guest is from the heart of the Twin Cities punk community, a community I can say I was not too familiar with, but that I've really enjoyed digging into. I hope there's more in store. Actually, I'm sure there's more in store down the road. Danielle Cusack performs in Bruce Violet and Tony Pichka. Both have been featured on The Currents blog, in City Pages, uh, Radio K. Bruce Violet is performing at Rock the Garden this year, which is absolutely extraordinary for such a young group of artists to be participating in. We cover a lot of ground in this episode, so we're going to hop straight into it. Big thank you to Josh Johnson for providing the opening track to this podcast. Hear more of his music on SoundCloud. You can find him at Saxophone Capone. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Danielle Cusack. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me here in your beautiful home. Yeah. It's a nice spot that you've got here. Thank you. (laughs) So, great place to start. You have Rock the Garden coming up. And not only are you playing to a sold-out crowd, but you're playing on your 21st birthday of all days. Yeah. How how does that feel? That's... The day that I learned, I was like, what the hell? Like, is this even real? Is this a joke? Because we made it a joke. That was the thing. Like, as we were just constantly making things, we were like, oh, yeah, and one day this will be for Rock the Garden. And then all of a sudden, Rock the Garden asked us to play. And I was like... Okay, it's no longer a joke. Do you, do you think you, like, caught their attention with all of that, or what? Um, I don't... We never, like, said it publicly, but, oh, like... Oh, I see, Yeah, I see. we, um... It was, like, a thing in the band, just like, oh, yeah, if we do this, like, that's what will happen, but... <laughs> yeah, I just... We, like, had a relationship with The Current, because we did the... When we were all in high school, still, we did the, like, back-to-school thing that they used to do, mm-hmm. and, um, since then, they were just, like, always really supportive, so it was just, like... All of a sudden, somebody from The Current just, like, a week before the announcement was like, hey, do you want to play this? And I was like, uh, oh, yeah. Law of attraction or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Current really does take care of the local young artists around here, though. It's something yeah. I've always admired. And both bands, Bruce Violet and Tony Pichka, have gotten some recognition from them. And, and City Pages, Bruce Violet got, was it last year or two years yeah, ago? Yeah, we got um, Best New Band last year. And, like, right before that, they have a thing called Pick to Click. We got, like, number two. So I'm like, oh, we moved up. Yeah. (laughs) That's huge. Do you ever reflect on all of these accomplishments coming at such a young age? Do you think there's anything specifically that's enabled you to make that sort of progress? Um, just the music scene in Minneapolis is really good. Especially as a person who, like, I didn't start playing in bands until I was, like, about 17. Or, yeah, 16, 17. I would just go to a bunch of shows and just, like, because I really loved music, and then, like, I knew a bunch of people because of the high school we went to, mm-hmm. and then I worked at a place called School of Rock, and um, it all just, like, added together, like, helped me, like, get the connections and get to where I am. <laughs> How do you manage your time? I mean, two bands, School of Rock, She Rock, She Rock. Yeah, She Rock is in the summers only, so that's a good yeah. thing, but um, I just wake up, and I... Go to class, I get, <laughs> and then I get a break, and then I go to more class, and then I go to work, and then I come home and go to sleep. <laughs> and then if it's a weekend, I go to gigs. <laughs> and you're studying anthropology. We're, we're hopping around here to start out with, but I'm really curious what drew you to that field. Yeah, um, so I came here as a freshman wanting to be a psychology major, mm-hmm. and then I um, t- 
took an intro to anthropology class, though, because I was like, oh, I love the show Bones. Like, <laughs> I think I'll like this. And I learned that, like, anthropology isn't only limited to Bones. It's, like, just about humans in general. Hmm. And um, I had a few people who I still am, like, really good friends with to this day who I, like, sat near, and we just, like, all really got along and, like, the thing about intro classes that I hate is that it, like, skims the surface on everything. I'm like, I want to know more! And um, I think humans are very interested. Interesting? Interesting. There we are. I think humans are very interesting and they need to be studied because I feel like it's a thing where it's like, oh, we should study everything else but ourselves. But, like, I'm like, no, let's, like, look at us and be like, what am I, what's my role in this world? Yeah. What is your role in this world? I don't know. I... People think that I like to be in the spotlight, and I mean, like, yeah, I like to play on stage, but I usually, when I'm not, I'm, like, watching people, mm-hmm. and, like, just seeing how they, like, act amongst their social groups, and just, like, I analyze everything, and then my friend's like, oh, she write, like, a paper on the, like, the music scene here, I'm like, oh, I was, she's like, oh, well, like, but I don't know, because, like, it's the whole thing where you can't really, like, write about something if you're involved, but I'm like, I feel like I can remove myself and hmm. be like this is what I see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting to have that background and also, like, have everybody not know that that's what I do, too. And speaking of education, looking at your early upbringing, how did you get around to art in the first place? Which is a a real broad question, but were your parents involved in the art, or what was it that initially started to click for you? Um... You know, in elementary school, you have to take art classes. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing recorder and whatnot. Yeah, Did you ever exactly. do that? <laughs> I got recorder. I played the cello. Oh, my God. I played so many instruments. I sucked at them all. So I was just like, maybe I'm not supposed to be a musician. And then um, during the summer, my brother was a jock. So my mom wanted to, like, have me do something to get a hobby. <laughs> so she signed me up for these art camps back where we lived. And I would, like, take painting classes. I would take drawing classes. I would take sculpture classes and, like... I first really started off with physical art, and then um, I moved here when I was 14, and that's, like, I also played sports back home, too, but I was just, like, I don't, and I started doing, like, sports camps here, and I just wasn't feeling it anymore, and then um, my best friends back in New York were all theater people, but I never did theater. I would just hang out. Um, My mom was like, well, have you ever thought about doing theater? (laughs) And I was like, oh, maybe, so then I took an acting class at a place in White Bear Lake, and this guy goes up to my mom and was like, She's actually really good at this. <laughs> and I really didn't like the high school I was at. So then she found SPCBA. And then I went there. Perfect. <laughs> and so was that your sophomore year that you transferred yeah, over? Yeah, I transferred as a sophomore. And what did you learn during that time? Maybe focusing on yeah. some, of the, some of the teachers that you had and bits of advice you picked up yeah. along the way. I think they just really taught me. Like, you asked how I manage it all. I think that's just, like, what I learned in high school is how to manage, like, being an artist as mm. well as, like taking everything else seriously because we you know we had that balance of like having academics and also having arts i always remember this quote that like miss hart said about timing with stuff she's like if you're earlier on time if you're on time you're late and if you're late you're fired yeah and <laughs> i always thought that was what it's gonna be when i was like a musician because that was how it was in like theater and then now musician time is like i'm gonna be 20 minutes late so i'm always like guys like you're all so late <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still not used to it but i feel like i've learned how to like really balance myself really like take art as like a passion and also a career because that's what it's end up ended up being which is also funny because like I went to SBCBA for musical theater mm-hmm. and then now I'm like doing music so it's like but you know it coincides sure I found much the same thing for myself because I was in the theater track and 
I mean, I'm not doing a whole lot of theater now. Perhaps I will going forward, but I can relate to that in that I developed this identity as an artist, and that's really served me in everything else that I do. I want to talk also about managing expectations. So we talked about managing time. And the reason I bring this up is because there was an interview, I think I found it on The Current, but two of your, well, both of your bandmates in Bruce Violet are still in high school. And so it's sort of up in the air whether or not it'll continue if they're going to different places. Yeah, we recently found out that they are staying okay. in town. Um, so that's cool. Well, you're, we're going to see like what's going on because I'm like, well, now you're in college. So that's like a whole other ball game, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any way of looking at music going forward with these bands? I mean... Anything could happen, but how do you think about success in those terms? Yeah, um, I think it's a thing when, like, it stops being fun is really when you have to, like, take a step back and be like, okay, what am I doing? Because, like, that's been a thing in both my bands where it's, like, it's fun. Like, you, we didn't start this off being like, whoa, we're going to make $1,000 in our <laughs> first year, and then our sales are going to be projected to do this. We were like, no, we're just going to start. And, like... I joined Tony Peach Gill later. I wasn't in the orig- origination of the band. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and um, it's always been, like, a safe environment. And, mm-hmm. like, you've always, like, if someone's upset, like, we check in on emotions, being like, oh, hey, how are you? And, like, you have to learn to communicate. Like, that's a huge part about being in a band is, like, communication. It's literally, like, being married to other people. Yeah. And, like, yeah, keep that relationship, like solid or if it goes downhill it's just it's a mess yeah just keeping i don't want to say a positive mind frame because i mean like you know you can't always stay positive but yeah. like just i don't know checking in on yourself also works a lot being like how do i feel right now like am i okay like am i tired like am i like am i acting out because i'm tired because i've definitely done that where it's like i'm just like oh god i'm just i haven't slept blah 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 and like then you lash out and then your bandmates and it's just it's all a delicate little balance of life. Yeah. You mentioned communication in there. And I'm hoping that I can get an example, whether specific or theoretical. But I think communication is one of those things that's thrown around today. Um, yeah. But let's say there's a group of young artists just starting to form a band in the community. And they're thinking, how the heck do we communicate? Everyone tells us to communicate. What does that mean? Do you have yeah. any like words of wisdom there? Tell the truth. Don't. If you're like upset... Don't be like, I'm fine. Like, that's, oh, that's the worst thing you can do. Because what happens is it builds and builds and builds and builds until you you just snap or that person snaps. And then that could even end up worse because you'd be like a heated fight. And then someone out of the heat of motion would be like, oh, I quit. Or like, we're done. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, um, and it could even be minor things. Like, my band Tony Peach could have played, like, out of, not state, out of, like, we played in Winona last weekend. Okay. And I was driving back and it was late and like Haley, our drummer, wanted to play a song on um, her phone and like mine was plugged in and I was driving and it was also like <laughs> Max was up and I'm like, no, because like it's plugged into mine and then I just like, she, they just all wanted to hear this song and I just was like, fine, take it! And then they were like, whoa! I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't mean this in a hostile way. I'm just saying it because I'm stressed and I'm driving. But you can take the aux cord and you can play your song. I'm just, I'm, this is not an attack. Like, yeah. And they were like, well, like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. Like, I, I know this sounds hostile, but it's literally because I'm driving. Oh, like, yeah. Late night driving. Oh, yeah. That can be tough. That can be tough. 
Yeah. Where did teaching come into play? I went to school at Rock when I was a teenager. Um, starting, what, starting 13, like, 14? Yeah, 14, like, lessons and then, like, being involved in, like, everything else about, like, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. My mom worked there, too, so I would have to help her clean up, learn how to, like, set up the stage, book gigs, and, like, also, if um, a kid showed up who wasn't scheduled on lessons, she's like, you should go take this person in another room and teach them, whatever. So I got used to having to teach people, and especially kids, how to play mm-hmm. music. I guess right after high school, when I graduated from there, the boss was like, well, like, do you want to work here? And um, I really like it. I think it's really rewarding to see these kids play, like, what you tell them to and, like, what they... You've been, like, I don't want to say pushing on them, but, like, I don't know. You can just, you see kids grow. I've, there's one girl who's graduating this year who I saw her as a student when I was a student, and she was, like, 14 at the time, and now she's 18, and then she's on my show, too, and I'm just, like, oh, God, and, like, especially with them. Um, Young girls, I find a really, like, close affinity, too, and, like, I always root them on, because I'm, like, everything... I won't say everything's working against you, but, like, I remember being a teen girl and wanting to be in bands, and, like, people were, like, just constantly just, like, not having it. Even with, like, the origination of uh, Bruce Violet, we, like, when we started wearing dresses, people would, like, shove us into a corner and not talk to us until, like, we played, and they're, like, oh, that was so sick! And I'm, like, well, like, you couldn't have, like, talked to me before the set, but okay, whatever. So, like, I just see potential and like of course these are going to be the future musicians like people who are like 25 now and like 10 years maybe won't be doing music like and Mm. then 10 years later these kids who are 12 will be 22 like that's the prime age so it's like you just gotta raise them the right way yeah you said that you have a particular affinity for the young female students yeah which is also great uh for she rock because that is exclusively uh, girls and women and those that identify as female. Yeah. Um, how did you get connected with that organization? Um, it was uh, online, like, when you get to do those job searches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom's like, I think this would be good for you. And I looked at the description, I'm like, oh, yeah, this would be perfect for me. I applied, I went to the interview, and, like, right away they were just like, oh, yeah, well, like, the hours are here. And then I'm like, <laughs> but they didn't tell me if I was hired, so I was just sitting there like, okay, like, am I? And, like, um, and it's really nice because, like, every summer it's three weeks. It's sort of like a little sanctuary because each, it like, it's one camp per week. And, like, you get a new group of kids every week. And, like, you see these girls come out of their shells and, like, they all write original music and they, like, learn covers, too. And they ha- also, like, we do workshops. Like, there's a gender workshop. There's a body image workshop. There's a, like women in the media workshop and like these young girls learn about like feminism way earlier than I ever did and same with like writing music and like especially like feeling confident enough to play music because like there's even those who like are really super scared about it they're like oh well like I was told like I wasn't supposed to do this and like I and now here they are like <laughs> writing their own songs and some of them even continue their bands after um camp and it's cool. really heartwarming yeah yeah is there anything particular you try to instill in in those young people? Yeah, don't be apologetic. Hmm. Like, um, we even have a rule where, like, you can't say sorry at <laughs> camp unless, of course, you, like, knock someone over and, like, you hurt them. Then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, sorry. But, like, <laughs> if you're, like, if you, like, mess up or, like, if you accidentally bump into someone, you say, you don't say sorry, you say, like, you rock. 
when I first worked at the camp, we even had to like instill that rule with ourselves, and like you catch how many times you say sorry, hmm. and even like in college. I like hear how many times people say you're sorry or like they're sorry, or especially like girls, just even of the most minor things. Mm. And you're just like, well, like, why are you sorry? You shouldn't be sorry. Like, you're just living, you know? And I just want to like really give them confidence and like be like, yeah, what you're doing is great. Like, what you're doing is cool. Don't let anyone else tell you what you're doing isn't, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. people are constantly going to try and tell you like what you're doing isn't. And I mean, I've seen it with my bands where it's like, well, why don't you write, like, you're not a punk band, blah, 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 blah. And then we write, like, punkier songs. Or, like, <laughs> and then they'll be like, well, this is obviously fake. Or, like, we'll write a four-chord song. And they'll be like, this is too easy. Like, and then if we write a song that's more intricate, they're like, oh, they're trying too hard. It's like... Come on. Yeah. You, they, you, I can't win, so... In your eyes, so I'm just going to do what I want. Mm. And, like, that's what I want to have the girls realize as well. Yeah. I mean, that being said about your own bands, though, you've definitely gained a following. So, I mean, you can't make everyone happy, but you are making <laughs> a lot of people happy. How do, you, how do you tune out the haters when need be? It's hard, but it's a thing where it's like people say what they're going to say. Like, if, sometimes it's out of jealousy. People just mm. want to be, like, critics, too. Where it's <laughs> like, you know, that's why they always say don't read the comments section. And that is very true because it's like... Just ridiculous things are said, and sometimes it just doesn't even make sense. Yeah. So you're just like, I don't understand what you're saying, but this is obviously negative, so I'm gonna take like offense to this. But then it's also like, you just gotta learn to take, you know, get thicker skin. Yeah, but, like it, it's hard, especially as like an emotional person. Like it, all musicians are emotional, so it's like <laughs> you just sit there and be like, well, why doesn't everybody like me? Um, but you know, if you have a supportive following, that's like all you need. And speaking of followings, are there ways in which you've looked to grow? I mean, obviously playing shows. There's going to yeah. be a new person every time. The culture here is thriving, but there's a yeah. lot of bands and a constant influx of bands. Yeah. So are there ways beyond uh, playing shows and outreach on social media that you have tried to promote yourselves? I really hate promoting myself. <laughs> it's always so cringy. I'm like, come to my show, please. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just, like, supporting other bands, especially, like, going to shows of, like, shows you wouldn't usually go to. Or, like, mm. if your friend is just being like, hey, I'm playing this show, like, just go. And, like, especially if you like a band, tell them. That's another thing. Like, then you can establish a relationship there. And it's just, yeah, the community is a huge aspect of it. Like, you can't just ignore your community and, like, try and get something out of it. Because it's like, well, if you're not helping anyone else, who's going to help you? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, it's all about, like, support. Like, all you need to do is support. And, like, that's honestly how I've gotten most of, the, like, the attention of my bands is, like, people just knowing me from, like, several different places and being like, oh, I see you here. Like we played a show together or like you're a friend of my friend like stuff like that just not also not being like snotty being like i'm too famous i'm a musician i'm a musician like i'm higher up than you yeah so yeah yeah staying real any sort of spiritual practices or worldviews whether that's more recent or in in motion constantly in motion i mean like what's your way of being in the world because a lot of these things you're saying seem like 
they have come from different places, e even if that's yeah. books or anything like that. I mean, where's that sort of thought process come from? Um, I would say, like, especially as an anthropology major, like, the first rule of anthropology is do no harm. Hmm. And I think that I try to apply that to my life. And, like, of course, people who are, like, being, like, awful to me, I'm not gonna, like, be like, oh, thank you, mm -hmm. like, and just take it. Because, you know, I was, like, a doormat for years, so I've, like, just recently learned to stand up for myself. So it's just the thing where it's, like, it really is, the like, the golden rule, I hate to say it, but, like, treat others how you want to be treated. Yeah. And, like, support others the way you want to be supported. And just, like, being aware of people's emotions and, like, being aware that, like, people actually are people. Because, like, even the, like most famous bands, like, those people are still human and probably feel the same way you do about mm. things. You know, just seeing instances in the community where, like, there's just really negative things going on and, like, seeing people being hurt and not being heard. It's a thing where it's like, hey, like, I just want you to know that you're hurt. Like, I'm not gonna just brush you off to the side. Like, I'm not gonna maintain a relationship with someone who has been, like, you know, abusive towards someone. Like, mm -hmm. that's just not okay. Who else in the community are you impressed by these days? Oh, impressed by? Whoever comes to mind, who's doing good work? Um, I really love Kin Forever. I always say that they're a local three-piece all-girl punk band who have been, like, huge mentors to me as, like, since I was 17. And, like, they've always been very supportive. They've always been very outspoken about how they feel and, like, also very non-apologetic. Um, same with, like, Royal Brat. Um... It's a great hardcore band called Lemonade, fronted by a Chicana woman who's, like, she's super badass and, like, everything she says is, like, really honest and, like, really, like, not, again, like, not apologetic. She's just, like, fuck you, I say what I say. Like, <laughs> I'm just, like, hell yeah. Um, people doing good work. Uh, just, like, everybody who's really in the DIY punk community is really cool. Yeah. Um, I still keep in contact with Jake Lupin from high school. I really... Support Hippocampus. I saw him just a few, like, weeks ago, and I was just like, hey, what's up? Like, it's been a while. Um, yeah, just, you know, keeping, like, relationships with cool people. Not cool people, that's so broad. But, yeah, those are, like, the Royal Brand Kitten Forever are definitely, like, the top, like, most awesome people in my book. <laughs> awesome. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Oh, So, like, God. coming up on high school graduation or shortly after? yeah. Don't give up. Like, uh, um, it was funny because, like, in high school, I was in musical theater and, like, I was considered, like, not the best singer because, you know, I didn't have, like, that classic musical theater voice. I had a very, like, loud <laughs> and, like, very pointed and, like, yeah, like a megaphone voice. Um, Look at you now. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it was a thing where, like, people really didn't believe that I was going to do anything after high school. So, like, you know, it felt good to prove them wrong. <laughs> like, that's the one thing where it's, like, um... Just keep, yeah, just keep working. Don't give up on, like, anything you want to do. Because yeah. it's, like, and, like, also, quit being such a doormat. Because yeah. I yeah. was very, I would let people just, like, step all over me for years just to, because I was like, oh, I just don't want to hurt any feelings. Like, even if they were bad people, I was just like, oh, well, you know, they're, you know, I don't know. And, like, it's just, you, just becoming, like, confident in yourself is really important. And then, what else do I even have to say? Um, don't live in the dorms. <laughs> <laughs> Solid, advice. Solid advice. Yeah. If you could be anywhere in, say, five years doing anything 
taking any sort of realistic concept of this out of yeah. the picture, absolutely anything, what are you doing in five years? What's the life look like? Being financially stable. That's a good one. <laughs> Definitely. Like, good one. <laughs> debt free. Like, yeah, debt yeah, free. Yeah. Uh, ability to like spend money how I want instead of being like, oh my god, five dollars. Ugh. <laughs> um, you know, living somewhere in the cities, probably having a car. <laughs> I don't know, doing what I love. Like, doesn't matter what for work. Like, as long as I like what I'm doing, and then. Hopefully still in my bands. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have, like, I'm going to be rich and on a yacht. Because I'm just, like, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm very realistic. But, like, that's just, like, being, like, solid is very, like, key and, like, a dream for me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Keeping it simple. Yeah. I think that's the best thing you can do. And, like you said, being happy, whatever you are doing. Coming up on the end, where can people find you? Whether that's shows or social media, anything like that. Um... I'm in a band called Bruise Violet. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter. It's Bruise Violet MN. And then our Instagram is Bruise Violet Sucks. But <laughs> Sucks is like S-U-X. Nice. And then Tony Peachka has a Facebook page as well. Has a Twitter, just Tony Peachka. Um, and then an Instagram, Tony Peachka. <laughs> um, it's very funny because they're like very different vibes of bands. Like Bruise Violet is like funny but like tony is just like outrageous like humor that's just like melissa tends to do all of our like twitter stuff and like that we all switch off on the instagram and it's really just like whatever we're feeling in the moment and it's just ridiculous like yeah, I don't know. yeah. so if you want to keep up with a band who doesn't really or bands who don't take themselves too seriously like they're mine <laughs> i think we, i think we could all use a little more of that yeah Not take ourselves so seriously yeah. And any parting asks for the audience, like anything you want to see in the world? Just a general message to put out there? Quit being a dick. I don't know. That's just to everyone. I'll second that. If you hear that, like, think about yourself. Look at yourself. What have you been doing? (laughs) You've been doing bad stuff? Quit being a dick and start working on yourself. Check yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. And best of luck going forward. Thank you. All right, folks. That's a wrap. Big thanks to Danielle for coming on the show. And like she said, be unapologetic. Furthermore, don't be a dick. Keep working on yourself. Keep working on what it is you want to do. The community will prosper and the world will be that much better off for your efforts. You can follow both Bruce Violet and Tony Pichka on social media. I'd also recommend visiting Bandcamp. That's tonypeachka.bandcamp.com and bruiseviolet.bandcamp.com, respectively, to hear some tracks from the bands. And if they're playing a show anywhere near you, head on out. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by visiting chancebychance.com. There you can sign up for the newsletter, listen to all episodes, and visit the support page to leave a rating or review on iTunes or Donate to the podcast directly via Patreon. On your way out, here's a track from Bruce Violet's recent EP release, Trophy Wife. It's called Nightmare. Until next time, thank you all for listening. I was a sickly child.